Welcome to the Fishbowl, the podcast where I record conversations about business, entrepreneurship, and other valuable topics. Always. Episode number 15. This is Mark Sotomayor, your podcast host. We have a co-host today. He is Cameron Swarsa, and he is actually going to introduce us to his boss, Michael Mara. A great thing to be back here on the fishbowl that I'm proud to be able to introduce today, Michael Mara, my boss. I've actually spent the past semester interning with Michael at Entra and 412Biz. He's going to tell us a little bit about that today. Excited to be here, guys. Excited to have you. Michael, what is Entra? Entra is the hub and or network for entrepreneurs. So uh, the whole goal with Entra is to connect entrepreneurs. So one of the biggest problems we all have faced and entrepreneurs around the world face is finding like-minded people, finding co-founders, finding developers, finding investors, mentors, all of these things. So that is is the main problem we're solving is to just make that part easier make entrepreneurship less lonely and uh we do that through a lot of the events that we put on and then we're getting ready to roll out our app soon too sounds like you guys are trying to definitely tackle a huge problem but nonetheless a problem that me and cam have experienced in the past it's not the easiest thing to really be able to find those people to really share a dream with you and help you build it so how did you uh, initially start off in the, in the beginning stages of Entra, uh, what used to be called ME Group? Basically, it, it came from when I was down in Miami. So I was starting a real estate company with uh, one of my mentors, and uh, I spent over a year in Miami doing that. Uh, we also had a marketing agency too, so that's when I first got into all this stuff. and. Whenever I left my job as an engineer and got into entrepreneurship and everything, it was really hard for me to talk about what I was doing with a lot of like my family and friends and whatnot. Like it was just, it's very different than the traditional way of, of doing things, right? So whenever I went down to Miami, it was really hard for me to just find people to talk to about what I was doing. So I started what was Millennial Entrepreneur Group with with just like a small Facebook group and I was just wanting to do like a little mastermind with you know a few people, we would just discuss ideas. When I got really into the real estate and stuff, I kind of put that on the back burner. And then after a year, I kind of didn't want to continue on with all the real estate stuff because uh, I don't know how much you guys are familiar with it, but it's it's not a necessarily fulfilling industry to be in. Why is that? Um, a lot of people are focused on making money. Uh, a lot of people don't really uh, look for, care about how that happens they're just trying to close deals and stuff so um i wanted to do something more impactful i wanted to do something that was more in line with my interests and my own problems and then problems that i saw other people facing too so i was thinking of what i could do then i thought back to when i was first starting out and how big of an issue finding other entrepreneurs was and finding partners and all of that so I, I knew that that was something that I faced, and then almost every entrepreneur that I talked to, they had the same issues. And everyone that I talked to was like, "Sure, I'll join." Like, yeah, like this is exactly what I'm looking for. So I moved back to Pittsburgh in 2017, started my company, and then that slowly transformed into a lot of different things. What sort of different things? So <laughs> take us through the sure. journey. Yeah, so the original, like the vision and everything has stayed the same, right? Like I've, our goal is to build the largest network of entrepreneurs. That, that's been the same since I started, but it's, it's how we're doing that. So at the beginning, we were just basically building a membership site and all this other stuff. I wanted to do an app, but that was kind of uh, later down the road. I wasn't really planning to do events until later down the road either, but when I saw the lack of events here in Pittsburgh, I was like, 
you know, there's not as enough events going on for entrepreneurs, so I'll just start doing my own. And then that kind of spiraled out, and now we've been doing events in New York every month for, like, since May of 2018. We've done events at, like, Microsoft for, like, the last three months. We have it for the next six months there. We've done some events in Philly. We're going to be expanding to a lot of other cities. So the events really took off because that was allowing our network to connect physically, right, before they can really connect virtually and, and whatnot. But right now we also do a lot of services. I do a lot of like just helping people get started. We have partnerships with law firms, accounting firms, all of that as well to help people get set up. We do a lot of websites. We do a lot of social media. We do a lot of marketing. We don't do all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it's been, there's been a lot of, you know, figuring out the exact uh, route that we wanted to go with it. I still have Millennial Entrepreneur Group as, as my company. And then we just spun off Entra as a separate entity this week. So um, because we're going to start raising money for that and building out a whole team. And I wanted to keep that separate from all my other like websites and, and everything else that I have going right. on. That'll be exciting. Uh, what sort of entity is uh, Entra in ME Group? Yeah, so Millennial Entrepreneur Group is just an LLC here in uh, PA. And uh, I would basically have everything under that umbrella uh, up until this week. And then we set up Entra as a Delaware C-Corp. Fantastic. So you were mentioning really growing a team. Uh, what specific services do you think Entra will, will really provide here in 2019, 2020? It's really, you know, figuring out what do entrepreneurs want, right? And, and one of the first things that most people struggle with myself included and a lot of the other people in our network and that I've talked with it's, it's just finding someone to start that company with that has um, basically the opposite skill set as you that you guys complement each other really well starting a company by yourself is is very very difficult and that's what I did with with me group like I started that by myself self-funded it everything right mm-hmm. And it's tough because everything comes back on you. Right. A lot of times you don't have people who you can discuss ideas with in different directions or what we should do. Hey, what do you think about this? It's, it's really hard to, to do that. So really just creating a search engine for entrepreneurs is like part, uh, part of that. So you'll be able to basically just uh, filter whatever you're looking for. So if you're searching for developers and you can search just by developers, if you're searching for investors, you can search just for investors. And same thing with like marketing, uh, legal accounting, all of that. So we're just going to make it super easy for you to do that. And then you also be able to search for based on location. Um, so right now, entrepreneurs, what do they use when they're finding their team, right? Or finding the co-founder they're using LinkedIn angel, like some will use, um, there, there's like a, a new one that's kind of like Tinder, which is Shaper. Those are co-founders lab. Like those are what's available right now, but mm-hmm. I've used all of them. They all kind of suck, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how much you guys have used them. Angel's okay. Like some people use Upwork. That's more for freelancers, but you can still find like developers on there that could potentially be CTOs or whatever, but it's not it's not easy. There's not an easy way to do it. LinkedIn is for, you know, professionals and for corporate. That's, it's not designed for entrepreneurs. Once again, an, an incredible journey uh, that you've already taken and you have a, in front of you and a, a huge problem that will surely be beneficial for uh, serial entrepreneurs to really go ahead and look for people in the future and all those resources and such. Tell me about your college days whenever you were actually going for civil engineering. How were you like at that time? I want to hear that story. Yeah. How was I like? Um, so I was, <laughs> I don't know, I would say not very focused on business at all. I was focused on having fun and partying and, um, you know, having a good time. So I was in a fraternity, really just focused on meeting as many people as possible, having friends, all that. It's just... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but I mean, that that's how I started college off. And I mean, I kind of did all of that. I didn't really get into entrepreneurship or any of this until after I was already out of school. And that's when I realized that uh, this whole system is kind of 
backwards and, and not necessarily how it should be. You know, there's, there's so many things that I probably learned a thousand times more self-educating myself mm. than going through college um, and whatnot. Even as an graduating as an engineer, working as an engineer for six months, I literally could have done my engineering job right out of high school if I would have had like three months of training in that specific job. It's not anything crazy if, um, as long as you're a quick learner, you can pretty much get adapted to any job. So it, it's tough. And then when you sit there and go through the motions of a nine to five life and all that, it, it drains on you really fast. I see. And how long were you working as a civil engineer? I only lasted six months. Okay. <laughs> how were those six was, months like? Um, I mean, it was cool. Like my job was super easy. Like, and I got paid well. I had a really great job out of college. Like, it was it was great. I mean, it was everything that you want, really. But as soon as my like curiosity and my creativity was dead, like there was nothing there for me. So it was just. I find I found myself literally working on so many other things while I was at work <laughs> that was not what I was supposed to be doing that mm -hmm. I was like I can't like really keep doing this like I was literally just like I was you know investing in stocks like at work like always researching stuff I was going through all sorts of you know videos and whatnot at work like it was you know it it was um it was wild like to have gone through that and then just got to the point where you know I, I didn't want to I could continue working at my job and be unhappy um, but have security and comfort and make money or I could quit and then do my own thing and have a lot of freedom but not that it, it's weird there's like a weird paradigm with entrepreneurship because on one hand you do have freedom but you don't have security right and it, it it's you have to change whatever you want more or what you're able to give up you know you have to accept that and so freedom is is what i love the most but at the same time you lose a lot of your security and you lose a lot of your comfortability and and that's tough to give up for some people Indeed. After these six months as a civil engineer, what did you do right after that? Is that when you went into real estate? Sort of. So it was kind of crazy. I don't recommend what I did to anyone, um, but I left without having any other like income, right? I just was like, I'm out. You know, I had some money saved up. Like I had some money in stocks and stuff like that. So I was like, All right, I'm, I'm cool for like at least a year, right? But the first thing that I got into, um, so I was working with my real estate mentor, but at the time, he was actually starting a nonprofit called Graduate With No Debt to help with student, student loans. And being a recent college graduate, I didn't realize the magnitude of student loans until I was out of college. And most people don't. You think that, you know, uh, everybody's doing it, so it can't be that bad. And then you get out and you're like, wait, I have to pay how much money for how long? And it's puts you in debt and prevents you from doing a lot of what you want to do in life because you're just in the debt hole. Um, and when you have debt on you, like it, it's tough to break free of that. And then you get into the other debt trap, which is a mortgage, car, all of these other things. And then you're just stuck and you're never going to be able to get out of it. And then that's how you get kind of trapped for for a very long time. But yeah, so that was the first thing. I, we, we were starting a nonprofit. Like I was, we had this whole basically uh, program for college students to work part-time throughout college, help local businesses with social media, websites, and everything, and basically make half their money cash half their money would go towards their student debt so by the time they graduated they would have made all this money and have a lot of money to put towards their student debt as well so that was um it still is one of the biggest like issues going on in in the u.s right now for sure um so i was meeting with you know the mayor all the chambers of commerce a lot of the city people different nonprofits trying to get things going but i learned very quickly that the nonprofit world is really tough especially if you don't have experience in it especially if you're just getting things 
rolling and, and don't have the connections and stuff because things just take a long time to unfold. So after about six months of that, it got to the point where we were just like, okay, let's let's put the nonprofit on the back burner. Let's just get the real estate moving. So my mentor was like, all right, come down to Miami and we'll get all this going. And, and that's what I did. So like within like a week, like I just packed everything up, packed my car and drove down to Miami. So real estate is what dove you into business before real estate. That was, that was, that was the, my main interest. My, my first interest was actually stocks. So like in, throughout college, like I was investing a little bit in stocks. I got really into it when I uh, started working full time. Uh, I built up a pretty nice portfolio. I was doing like a lot of IPO investing. It, I got connected with uh, like uh, this this guy in Ohio, multimillionaire um, stock investor, and I started learning a lot from him on on different other types of investing. He was big into value investing, which is probably the most conservative approach to investing. I got you know, to learn a lot from him, got to learn a lot about different types of investing, like options and all of that. So it was definitely interesting. So that investing was what originally led me into all this. And then I always had an interest to get into real estate. So that was what I really wanted to do. And then real estate and uh, getting connected with my mentor, because he wasn't just focused on real estate. He, we were doing the nonprofit and then he also had a marketing company so I got to do a wide variety of, of stuff. And in about two years, I, I got my PhD in real estate. I got my PhD in marketing and all this other stuff. No, not, not like literally PhD. What I'm saying is like my real world PhD. You know what I mean? And I got to learn like an immense, like immense amount of stuff. It was, it was pretty wild. And I know you'd mentioned back in your college days, one of those things that you valued heavily was meeting people. Yes. And I know the past year you've been doing a lot of networking events. Do you think that you were doing something similar back then, trying to find people, meet sure. people as you are now? Totally. I mean, as I got into like school and everything, I really saw the value of like not just focusing 100% on school and academics, but also having a social life. And... Well, yeah, I was taking like really hard classes and with all these engineering students, I was one of like the few who most of my friends were in business school and like I was in a fraternity and like I wasn't just like, you know, doing the engineering way, which was study like basically your whole life. And for that, I was bought out of my class, (laughs) which whatever, but I had met a ton of friends I was involved in a lot of different clubs. I met a lot of people. That also led me to getting one of the best jobs out of my whole engineering class because at the end of the day, you need to know how to talk to people. You have to understand how to communicate what you're doing and what you want to other people, right? And throughout college, I mean, I was always like, I loved having parties. Like, I loved having people Same here. in my dorm room. I loved having people at my house, at, like, whatever. Like, we always had the parties. And I loved that. And I loved making other people – I loved having – or, like, showing other people a good time. Like, I, I absolutely loved that. And I think that's translated really well with the events. And um, now I'm just doing it in a different way. Like, our goal now isn't to, isn't to get, like, messed up and, and drunk and whatever – and now it's about being, you know, making real deep connections with people and having good conversations with people about real things and prob and real problems. So, you know, it, it's, you know, in a lot of ways that that has set me up very nicely to do a lot of what I'm doing now and, and being able to talk to people, have conversations and, and feel comfortable with that. I'm still, you know, getting you know, my feet wet with public speaking and all of that and at the events and stuff, it, it's just different than, you know, in college and, and everything. You have a lot more. You, you have to just take it a different, with a different perspective and different mindset rather than just specifically for fun, right? You have to have an element of education, inform, informative, and you have to make it professional, right, with, with dealing with, you know, high-level people, 
you know, we've had a lot of great speakers at our events and stuff. So it, it's it's just a different it's a different ball game than uh, than just throwing college parties. Right. I, I do remember <laughs> uh, seeing Seth Neustein uh, do a couple business professional magic tricks at uh, many of the events. It was really cool. Seth's been on the podcast before. If you guys want to listen to his podcast, uh, you guys can uh, look at all the other episodes. And uh, that reminds me of a great quote by Dale Carnegie. He once said, the amount you earn in life has more to do with your ability to communicate with people than anything else. Uh, And obviously, you would probably agree with that, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to there, there's obviously the saying like your net, your network is your net worth, right? But it comes down to how many lives have you like affected? How many people have you helped, right? How many people know who you are? How many people have you like have gotten value from something that you've done, right? That's what separates like the people that are massively successful they've made big impacts in many people's lives so it's you know how big of a problem can you solve what are your problems like tell me your problems and i'll tell you pretty much how successful you are most people have stupid problems their day-to-day problems it's total BS like (laughs) their problems are so minute compared to and so insignificant to like what real successful people go through do you mean if your problems are you know whatever like people take little problems way too seriously and the people who are massively successful they have huge problems that they're solving and they're, you know, doing it in a way where, you know, it, it's just your mindset and in, in what, how you think about everything. So um, I try not to get cut up with like the little stuff because at the end of the day, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's incredible. Let's talk about the difference between the culture in New York City, new entrepreneurship and Pittsburgh and even Philadelphia's entrepreneurship culture. I didn't really have a perspective on what Pittsburgh was like with other cities until I went to New York and started doing events and stuff there. It's honestly night and day. Um, New York is on a whole different level than Pittsburgh and and Philadelphia. I was actually surprised at Philly. Um, Pittsburgh is on a very similar level from what I've seen in Philadelphia right now even though Philly's like three times as large as Pittsburgh. The startup scene here in Pittsburgh is very similar to Philadelphia. There's a lot of good stuff going on here. The problem with the, the main two problems with Pittsburgh is uh, capital and all the top talent always leaves. And it's mostly because of that capital. You can't raise big money here in Pittsburgh. There's very limited investors and investment groups. There's only one accelerator. That accelerator is owned by the main uh investment firm so which is which is innovation works um so they're part of the ben franklin technology partners which is a a government state-funded program so they have their own agenda and and we had uh you know a a vc from the ben franklin uh, partners in philly come to our events and stuff too and you know they have certain things that they're looking for in companies and whatnot but there there's not many um besides innovation works um, besides a, a few other you know VCs here, there, there's not really too much going on, and you can't raise a lot of the money that people need to just in Pittsburgh alone. So when I went to New York, it it totally changed everything for me. Um, the amount of people that started coming to the events, not just the amount, but the quality uh, is is insane. And I mean, in literally six months, you know, I mean, we're getting really high level people to come to our events and speak and all this other stuff and cam's been to a few of the events in new york and i'll let you you know share your thoughts on what you think of new york our new york events versus our pittsburgh events but i mean we've had uh you know the co-founder of venmo come and talk we've had really high level vcs who are managing partners of big vc firms in philly a guy who runs a whole angel group in new york like a lot of high level people and you're just not going to be able to 
get that really in Pittsburgh. Um, and, uh, and it's not necessarily that, but it's also like getting people to, uh, getting a lot of people to even come out to an event, right? Like the biggest events for entrepreneurs right now are usually when like Google or like innovation works has an event. Uh, besides that, most of them aren't really that, that big. And it's kind of hard to get people to come out unless you have like super well-known, uh, speakers and stuff. And a lot of people aren't necessarily just in Pittsburgh or around here. There's there's a lot of good stuff happening in Pittsburgh. Like the potential for Pittsburgh is the highest in out of most cities that I've seen, which is why like I want to keep my company based here and there's a ton of talent here. It just usually leaves to the larger cities cuz that's where the money and that's where the investors and stuff are. But yeah, so it, it's really cool. Like I enjoy going to New York. That's why I go to New York every month and whatnot. But yeah, Cam, what do you think? What do you think of the from what you've seen from just our events and stuff? What what have you seen? Yeah, definitely. I've been to New York three times now uh, with Entra, and the events that we've been putting on, I mean, it's entirely different from in Pittsburgh. In New York, we're throwing events that have 200, 300 people show up, even more. And all of the speakers at all of the events, there's always at least one that I've been able to relate to very well and has added some type of value to me. And all of the people you get to network with and talk to have been incredible. It's just a different caliber. And whenever there's 200 or 300 people in the room, you're not going to get to meet them all. Right. But you're going to meet a lot of incredible people. Right. And to have those contacts in another city... I'm not knocking Pittsburgh, born and raised here and everything, but yeah, it's, you got to go to where, you know, where things are happening and in New York, it's off the chain, but what we're trying to do, I mean, one of the main things with Entre that we're trying to do is we're trying to break down all these barriers. We're trying to break down all these walls and these location barriers that entrepreneurs face. We're trying to globalize and streamline entrepreneurship and make it super easy for people to connect with investors in New York and developers in New York and elsewhere. I mean, right now, um, a lot of people, it's, it's a lot of a local thing. Like a lot of people, when they're starting a company, the success of that company a lot of times is depending on where they're starting out, which is why you see all the big startups going to the Bay Area, going to New York, going to Texas. Like that's where most of them come from because that's where the money is and that's how you can blow up is, you know, a lot of it's really hard if you're an entrepreneur in the middle of Montana chances that you get funding chances that you get connected with developers and and people that you need are really really slim you're gonna have to move to a different place we don't want that that's what we're trying to solve like we want you could be in the middle of alaska whatever have no human around you at all if you have an internet connection if you have a smartphone with onshore you'll be able to find Investors, developers, upload your your company documents, create a web page, do all this stuff from your phone, from a laptop, and get connected with all of this and have the ability to run a full-on startup or whatever kind of company that you want, an online business, whatever, or be a freelancer from anywhere and have all the things that you need in one place rather than using like 100 different services and and spending a a ton of time or having to move to a new city just because the startup scene there or the people that you need to meet are there rather than where you're at. Absolutely. And I know personally I'm even torn between Pittsburgh and New York, Uh, you know, once I graduate college and I, you know, start working on my startup even more, you know, where am I going to call home? And... uh, you know, I'd love to stay in Pennsylvania and the Pittsburgh scene, but there's a lot of opportunity in New York, and even though it costs more, it might be worth it to go there. Opportunity cost. Um, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I mean, I've obviously toyed around with the idea. Um, almost everyone asked me 
why are you not living in New York, right? Why, why haven't you like moved? What, when are you moving to New York? Do you live there now? All this stuff. And, um, yeah, obviously the cost of living is higher. Um, obviously it's, you know, there's more competition there. Um, and whatnot, but at the end of the day, you're going to meet a lot more people. The reason that I want to stay in Pittsburgh is because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really dedicated to building up the scene here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I really want to be like a, like an anchor company for Pittsburgh. Do you know what I mean? Like right now, the, the top company that's like Pittsburgh, like based is Duolingo. Like they're, they should be like praised by the city by everyone and a lot like a lot of people do but like what they have done um and for them to stay in pittsburgh is like insane um and we need to respect that and we need to help them and we need to like showcase what they have done i mean they have i don't know like 250 million users now um, they're, they're changing the whole game up, you know, who's buying Rosetta Stone anymore, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, they're breaking down all of that. And, um, you know, Luis Von on, he's just, he, he's a genius. I mean, dude, he sold two companies to Google before he graduated from CMU and then started Duolingo. So, um, you know, I, I want to like help out a lot with that. And that's one of the other reasons for 412biz, um, and everything too. But, uh, New York is not that difficult to get to you know what i mean either so um you know i'm cool right now with going going there every month to to do events and stuff but i'm also looking to hit a lot of other cities you know we're going to be going to dc really soon we're going to be going to texas and cali we're already setting up an event in silicon valley um so there's there's a lot of other cities that we're going to be tapping into and i just don't want to be like based somewhere um you know, for a long time, um, you know, especially in New York. So, uh, I love going there, but you know, I'm not trying to be there. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be one of our core cities that we're building out from, but I don't, I don't think at this point we're going to be setting up anything there full time. Michael, what makes a successful entrepreneur versus an unsuccessful entrepreneur? Uh, so <laughs> that's a very, um, it's an interesting question because at the end of the day, it just comes down to happiness. Uh, like you could absolutely suck, you know, your business, whatever, but as long as you keep things moving and you're having a good time and you're having fun and you're able to live like in a lot of ways, you're successful, right? So it's really tough to like <laughs> narrow down. But at the end of the day, like what makes a company successful? We'll, we'll do it like that maybe. Um, it, it's it's solving the pro like solving a specific problem. You know, uh, for us, um, you know, and and I really strongly recommend that you look for a problem that it's affected you like because that's going to help you become obsessed about it um it's going to be something where you're going to be so passionate about it that it's going to allow you to get through all the the down the downs of being an entrepreneur entrepreneur like there's so many ups and downs like you could have the best day and the worst day of your life on the same day being an entrepreneur and no one is going to understand that until you are an entrepreneur. I didn't understand any of this until you become an entrepreneur and you, you know, stop having a job. Like, I haven't got a paycheck or a salary in four years. Do you know what I mean? I haven't had someone pay me. Like, I, I, wasn't, I haven't been an employee for f over four years. You know, I haven't like had that and most people they can't do that right they they have to have that security so um <laughs> it, it's you know it's one of those things where you really need to uh figure out and have 
a problem that you're really, really interested in solving. Um, and then figuring out, is there anyone else that has this problem? <laughs> because you need other people. Um, and then a lot of it is just, after that, it's just experimenting, uh, getting feedback, trial and error, and whatnot. But the, the first thing is just like figuring out, okay, well, I have this problem. Does anyone else have this problem? Okay, now let me let me try to figure out this solution for it. Yeah, and I know that one of the problems that you have faced, Michael, personally, mm-hmm. and have actually set out to start solving, is with Pittsburgh News. So can mm. you tell us a little bit about four one two bits? Yeah. So, perfect example. Um, we have um, a lot of the people I've talked to here in Pittsburgh, myself included. Uh, there, there's like a. And I'm sure this is the same for a lot of other cities, too, with uh, news and media companies. Like, media is obviously, news is obviously talked a lot about now as far as having, like, negative effects. You know, you have the whole fake news stuff. There's so many different um, problems with the way that uh, media is doing things. And uh, here in Pittsburgh, you know, there's, especially for, and we're, Four and two biz is obviously focused more on the business side of things, but there's really uh, a couple big players in in that space. Um, you know, obviously the Pittsburgh Biz um, Times and and everything is is probably the main player, but they don't tell the true story of Pittsburgh entrepreneurs. You know, um, almost everyone that I talk to, they don't like it. They've had some sort of um, issue with them and a lot of it being that you have to pay for content the the age of paying for content is over like if you if your business model is charging people for content unless it's like the best content in the world you're pretty much screwed like almost all the newspapers are struggling all the magazines are struggling you have to like think of a different model and the model is free content advertising partnerships other services right um with the internet as soon as the internet happened education in media news all of that was kind of doomed like they had to change their business model because anyone could share any information for free instantly like you can't have a business model where people pay to read news on pittsburgh businesses and stuff that's going on like it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense so um and there's nothing really for startups either here so we started out originally 412biz was originally steel city startups and that was started with evan um schindler and uh michael barrett uh, originally and um you know, we kind of, as all of this has grown, we kind of, um, they both got different jobs and stuff. So we kind of stopped it. And then I always kept wanting to like kind of do something. And I was just thinking, well, why should we limit this just to startups? Because most of the entrepreneurs in Pittsburgh, small business owners, Mark, you have a tea company. You're not necessarily, you're a startup, but it's not like what startups people think about, right? It's not like a tech company. Most people aren't trying to do a big, you know, innovative thing. Most people are trying to do, you know, become, uh, do an online business, be a freelancer, do a coffee shop, a gym, whatever, right? They're a brand, whatever kind of stuff. So I didn't want to limit what we're doing to just startups. So that's when, okay, how can we like include all types of entrepreneurs, including musicians, artists, and whatnot as well. And that's where we came up with 4 and 2 Biz. And Kim, you've been helping a lot with that as well. And, you know, we're planning to, to roll it out, you know, publicly soon. Like, it's live, but we're building up the content. We're building out a whole business directory, a job board, event calendar, um, all sorts of resources for entrepreneurs, startups in Pittsburgh. Michael... What is your favorite quote? Sure. So um, it's not necessarily a quote, but it's kind of like a little phrase, I guess we could say. Um, so I don't know really when I wrote this down but or where I got it from. But um, basically it goes, think of yourself as a balloon. You can go as high as you want. 
however you have many strings attached to you and they are held down by all the negative people ideas thoughts and feelings in your life when you realize this and understand that you have the power to cut the strings you can go as high as you want did you think of that i don't i honestly don't remember wow honestly that's that's (laughs) honestly a really good one so i mean do you have any others that come to mind because that was really good yeah, uh, th- there's actually another one, right? Um, I always just keep, like, different thoughts or quotes or ideas and stuff in my notes. And then the one right underneath that, I don't know where that one was from or if I thought of that myself. I don't, I'm not sure. I'll have to check that. But um, the one underneath that is – this one's definitely, I believe, from The Alchemist, and which one of my favorite books, if you haven't read it you should definitely read it. I I was really against fiction books. What's like, that about? Dude, it's a tough question. Not really, but it's a guy, it's just about this guy's journey, dude, like to the pyramids. But it relates very well to the entrepreneurial journey. Um why? It's a uh, <laughs> Um all right. So there's there's the whole part of entrepreneurship, which is you just trusting the, the, the ride, right? Trust the process, as, as the Sixers say, and as Joel B says. You got to just trust that what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing and that it's all going to work out based on how you feel. And based on what you're, you know, what you want to accomplish, right? So if you're doing something, and a lot of it is just your gut, right? If, if you're doing something and you can look yourself in the mirror honestly and truthfully and say, I'm being myself and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Even though all the signs and things up to this moment could be everything could be failure 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 right nothing could be working out but as long as you know and as long as you feel like good and feel it and know that i need to do this and you have that intuition it will work out and that in a lot of ways is kind of some of what i got from the alchemist too like it, it relates really, really well with the entrepreneurial journey, and a lot of people recommend the like. It's it's one of the most read like books. Like it, it's really, really good. Very, very popular, but insanely good. I recommend it to every single person, especially entrepreneurs. I didn't really like fiction books, but um, this one just. It, it relates so well to real world experiences and I'm starting to see that with a lot of other kind of fiction books as well even though I still don't really like them for the most part <laughs> but um, let me share the quote so <laughs> when you are in pursuit of your personal legend the entire universe will help you achieve it you just have to trust the journey so that is like the universe works in very mysterious ways and you don't know the outcome because the outcome is not the outcome you could think breaking your leg or failing at this one business or losing this client or not getting investment from this investor or not you know going to college or not getting your phd your a failure. Well, you don't know what's on the other side of that. You not getting investment from this investor, you know, the a week later you get an even better investor for even more money at even a better rate and lower equity. You don't know, right? You don't know what could happen. So that's why you you just have to trust the journey and if you're feeling good and you know everything's going to work out in the end, it's going to. The people who get caught up are the people who get in this the the negative spiral, and who just everything will get it gets worse and worse, right? Because 
they're starting to um, have more and more negative thoughts when things don't go out their way. But if something doesn't, if something happens in your life that is pushing you in one direction or another, just go with it and trust that it'll work out. That's definitely the case, Michael. <laughs> I know, like, as you were talking, I was thinking back in my own life, and uh, there's been many times that, you know, you work so hard towards something, and then you don't get what you wanted. Things go another way. You, sure. quote-unquote, fail. Yep. And at the time, you might think you failed. Yep. But just a couple months later, you realize that was the best thing that could have ever happened to you. Exactly, and you get all worked up for no reason. That's what happens all the time. Everything, people focus on their radar screen, right? You focus on what you can see and what you know, but all the magic happens outside of that. If you think back to all the, for the most part, if you think back to all the best things that have happened in your life, I guarantee you did not expect them to happen and they came out of nowhere and it was just kind of like a surprise and it just ended up working out fantastic. And previously something before that happened that you might have thought was bad but if that didn't happen it would not have led you to what you're doing now or that better thing happening and for some of our <laughs> listeners that very well might just be this podcast maybe this is a change maybe moment for you maybe i know with entra one of those huge things that you've been doing and one of those aims is to be able to provide an alternative to college so many people are on that college path, they're studying something, but they have that thing in the back of their mind that maybe this isn't for me. Maybe there's another way and they're interested in getting into business and that's kind of what you're hoping to do with your entrepreneur community with Entra. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's so many things that we could say about the modern education system, but uh, especially people who want to get into entrepreneurship and and even just business it's there there's no need to spend over a hundred thousand dollars and waste four years uh learning from teachers who have never started a business who are not doing what you want to do who would you not want as a mentor we're forced to learn from people who we do not even want to be like we should learn from people who we want to be like not forced to learn from people who in a lot of cases are i wouldn't say failures but most of the people most of my teachers that's why there was literally one teacher and this is going to sound very bad but there's been one teacher in my whole academic life that i've actually like legitimately respected all the other teachers i thought they not were stupid but they did not they were not living their personal legend put it that way they were not doing what they like they were not achieving they were not ambitious they were not you know desiring or wanting more they were complacent they were you know going through the motions they've been teaching the same one subject for the last 30 years they have uh average income they're probably struggling they're probably in debt why am i learning from these people makes no sense like especially if you're in different if especially if you want to be an entrepreneur and business owner you shouldn't be learning from a college professor who's never started a business and who's in debt and you know has a terrible life like that's just you shouldn't have to do that and um yeah so there's there's so many ways that it's messed up and then it's not just who is teaching it but then it's the information that is being taught there's there's a lot of issues with that as well and for the most part like there's there's a lot of a decent stuff that's being taught it's just taught in a way where kids grow up hating to learn <laughs> it's not stuff that they want to learn right so um, you make everyone hate educating themselves. You make everyone hate reading. You make everyone hate learning. So that's why as soon as they graduate college, they're like, I never want to learn again. Give me a job and I'll do this and I'll be, you know, whatever. Actually, one of the reasons I actually took on the internship with you, Michael, was for that very same reason. 
the idea of who you surround yourself you're going to become like. And not that the professors that I have at Grove City College don't meet the same standard. Some of them do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being able to spend a couple days a week with an entrepreneur who's actually working on his startup, it's been incredible. And that's the number one reason I jumped on the opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's so true um who you surround yourself with that's why it's actually like very difficult me difficult for me to like hang out with a lot of my old friends people from college all this other stuff because we just don't have the same desires like we don't want the same things um and that's why spending time in new york you know i'm now associating myself with very high level people, really people who are doing big things, and that's why I want to be around. Um, and a lot of people, they get stuck in in you know different areas or or um, where they grew up, and and they don't have people to talk to, right? And that's what hopefully you know Entra is gonna be able to really help with as well is like instantly being able to connect with people who are like-minded and have the same ambition, you know, and drive and are interested in the same stuff as you. So um, it's going to be really cool to see to see how everything unfolds. But, yeah, getting around the right people, cutting out negative people is so, so big. Just like the whole balloon thing, man. you got to cut the strings. Cut the strings. Holding you down. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people are holding, holding pe- other people down. Indubitably. Indubitably. Well, I just want to say thank you, Michael. This has been a great past almost hour uh, talking with you, hearing your thoughts on on the culture of uh, entrepreneurship as a whole. And thank you, Cam, uh, for asking some quality questions here as well. Uh, Is there any closing words you have, any shout-outs or anything you want to point to our fishbowl audience to? Um, You know, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, you know, you got to make sure that you're focused first on doing something that you can be yourself in. A lot of people, I think, start companies just because they have an idea that they think can make them a lot of money. Or they see someone else doing real estate or doing the e-commerce and think that, oh, I can make a bunch of money doing this too. You might be able to, but a lot of times that's not going to result in you know, what, uh, what's going to make you the, you know, <laughs> the most fulfilled or the, or the happiness, happiest. So I, I definitely want people to, you know, take a, you got to do a lot of self-analysis before you get into anything. Um, but you got to take the first couple steps. You gotta, you gotta jump into it. And if they're, you know, interested and in what we're doing, they can go to joinentra.com and check it out. Um, they can, obviously, you have my contact, so if anyone wants to hit me up, you know you know where to, <laughs> to get me. I spend a lot of time on, like, Instagram and stuff, too, so feel free to check that out. But right now, you can get into um, everything. We're going to start testing the app soon. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah, no problem. Well, that's all for this episode of The Fishbowl. Thank you for listening.